Chapter Twenty Two of Stories of the Victoria Cross by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of El Teb. In eighteen eighty three, an Arab revolt headed by a chief who called himself the Mahdi or Messiah broke out in the Sudan, a wide territory which lies to the south of Egypt. The rebellion spread with great rapidity among the fierce tribesmen of the east, who flocked in large numbers to the standard of this false prophet. They besieged the garrisons at Tokar and Sinkat, two places near Swakim, a port on the Red Sea, and in February 1884 a British force was sent to their rescue. It is a remarkable fact that many of our most famous victories have been won in lands where the nature of the country and the climate have been alike unfavourable to success. The snow-covered heights of the Crimea, the burning plains of India, and the fiery sands of the Sudan all bear witness to the heroic endurance and courage of the British soldier. The march to the relief of the two garrisons was very trying to the troops. The ground over which they had to pass was loose, sandy soil. Water was scarce, and many of the men suffered much from thirst. Yet these hardships were cheerfully borne, and when at length the foe was seen, the troops were ready and eager for the fray. The order of advance was in the form of a large hollow square, guarded on the outside by the cavalry, while inside the baggage animals were placed. On the 29th of February, the force came in sight of the village of El Teb, where the Arabs had collected in large numbers to hinder the further progress of the British. Earthworks had been thrown up, and mounted with a few guns, and other warlike preparations had been made. About eleven o'clock in the forenoon, the enemy opened fire on the advancing troops. The naval brigade, with a few well-directed volleys from their machine guns, soon silenced those of the enemy. The fire from their rifles, however, continued, and many of our men were wounded. The square continued to steadily advance. One writer said, It is not a charge, but a steady, solid movement in the formation which has all along been observed. It looks, however, all the more formidable, for enthusiasm and discipline are equally marked as the whole of the troops are cheering, while the square sweeps down towards the enemy. As the troops approached nearer the enemy's position, the firing ceased, and these sons of the desert came forth to show their reckless bravery and disregard for life in the face of an enemy. In small bodies of twenty or thirty they charged, uttering fierce cries and brandishing their spears. On they came, 
heedless of the deadly fire that swept them down like grass before the mower's scythe. That side of the square against which their attack was principally directed was formed by the naval brigade and two other regiments. The sailors were quite as cool as the soldiers, and kept up the deadly fusillade with great spirit. Conscious of their superior numbers, the Arabs pressed on till they came within reach of our bayonets. The firing they had braved, but that grim push of cold steel was too much for them. They turned and fled. In this last short, sharp struggle, Captain Wilson of the Naval Brigade gained the Victoria Cross for one of the most courageous acts ever witnessed. A slight gap had been made in the square, and a number of Arabs, noticing the opening, rushed forward to break through. Captain Wilson saw the danger to which the whole force was thus exposed, and boldly advanced to meet them. Seeing one of his men about to be speared by an Arab, he went to his assistance, and ran the rebel through the body with his sword. The force of the thrust, however, had been too great, and the blade broke off near the hilt. To all appearances, Captain Wilson was now a doomed man, alone and defenceless among the Arabs. But they soon discovered that an Englishman is not defenceless while his two hands remain. With splendid courage, Wilson faced his assailants, and as one after the other came within reach of his powerful arms, he felled the black warriors to the ground with his fists. Thus did the gallant captain hold the foe at bay till the troops came up and finally dispersed them. Wonderful to relate, he came out of this encounter with only a few slight wounds, and there can be little doubt that he owed his safety in no small degree to the surprising nature of his attack. When the Arabs fled, the cavalry under Brigadier General Stuart went out to complete the victory. The horsemen charged with their usual dash, but much confusion was caused in their ranks by the rebels, who, at the risk of being trampled under the horse's hooves, lay down and stabbed the animals as they passed. In this way, Colonel Barrow of the 19th Hussars and many troopers were unhorsed and severely wounded. Seeing his colonel lying helpless on the ground, Sergeant Marshall performed an act of splendid daring. He seized a riderless horse, and, in spite of the heavy fire of the retreating Arabs, brought it up to his officer, and helped him to mount. After escorting the wounded colonel to a place of safety, Marshall again threw himself into the thick of the fight, where he displayed the same calm bravery. His gallant deed won for him the coveted honour of the Victoria Cross. End of chapter 22